Have you ever had a day when you just could not? Have you ever wondered why you work so hard and try so hard and nothing ever changes no matter what you do? I'm Connie Jones and I've been there too. And on the Warrior Arise podcast, we talk about how to get the breakthrough you need to live your best life and soar in next level success. It's a battle, but victory and prosperity are our inheritance. Let's take this promised land together. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Warrior Arise podcast, where we um, are all about living bravely, freely, and authentically you so that you can stop the struggle, the striving, and the surviving and start living a life of thriving, which is the life that you were intended for. So today we have a treat for you. Um, can't wait for you to get to know her and hear her story and um, and the wins that she's had along the way and the impact that she's making in the world today. It is just a, a beautiful thing. And so is her heart. Um, we have Dr. Elizabeth Rosner with us today. She goes by Dr. Roz. So you'll hear me call her that, which I love. Um, and, and quick bio on her before we actually welcome her. Um, after retiring from higher education, Dr. Roz fa- um, founded her college coaching practice, debt-free degree with Dr. Roz. And as a form of nonviolence, her focus is teaching students to create wealth by graduating fully debt-free using her proven GRIT, G-R-I-T, blueprint strategies and accountability system, which I'm sure she's going to tell us about today. She attended her first training with the King Center in 2018, April 2018, and she was immediately devoted to Dr. King's philosophy and methodology of nonviolence 365. And it's not hyperbole to say that nonviolence has impacted every facet of her life. Now her mission is to incorporate nonviolence into schools and universities, joining other practitioners across the the globe to create create the beloved community. Welcome, Dr. Roz, and thanks for being here. Thank you. Wow, it just sounds so um, amazing, honestly, to hear somebody else reading that. It um, does. Just, Connie, thank you so much. I'm just delighted to be here. It's very impressive, and as as are you, we are. I already know that, but I want my um, my, the listeners to get to get to know you and to hear. I mean, like, graduating debt-free, holy cow, and the, you know, the, um, and how nonviolence and and the trainings that you're doing are impacting the lives of so many. And so um, we want to, we want to hear all about that, but we're going to come from the standpoint of hearing your story first. And so, um, and how you got into that. And, um, you know, because usually what I find is that the people who are making the, you know, the impact and they're living in their greater why, they have some struggle in their lives. They have they have stories where they um, have you know gotten to the end of themselves or to the they've gone through some really tough times and they have um, done the work and then come out on the other side a um, a new uh, better them and also living a better life and then they're able to help others do the things that that um, that they're doing, you know, um, depending on what that is. So will you share with us, we want to hear some of your story. So um, this is going to be a big question, but if you'll share with us some of the most impactful things, the most impactful times in your life that have shaped who you are so that we can understand your, your bigger why. Absolutely. Absolutely. As I said, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Um, I love um, I love in your intro that you talk about um, surviving and you talk about the stories, but ultimately thriving. 
um, because the tag on my car is thriving without the vowels. And so, um, so I love that. And also, um, I talk all the time with my students about begin with the end in mind. And that's what I want folks to do when they're, when they're doing coaching with me is thriving. So not just surviving, but thriving. And, you know, you have to plant some seeds. Then you got to water the seeds. And sometimes those seeds are planted way down deep. And sometimes watering those seeds, um, it can be some tears. And then all of a sudden, then, you know, the sun comes out and um, here you are, you're thriving. So, you know, just like with everybody else, um, you know, there's some difficulties in my past. Um, there is uh, alcoholism and um, genetically in my past. And um, my parents were certainly um, impacted um, by that. Um, also, um, I'm part of the Me Too movement. It was um, a, a, a situation that was um, going on with someone that uh, was a close family friend. So it's um, it's from those places where, um, you know, I made some choices and sometimes I made some choices that were the best choice for me at the moment but they don't serve me long-term. And um, so I, I, for those people that are listening, then I want them to understand that if, you know, if you're going through something um, or you've got a coping mechanism that um, served you for a certain period of time, it may not be always the thing that that serves you. And um, I'm just, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily have chosen those things, but then I'm abundantly grateful for where I am now. And Elizabeth wouldn't be who Elizabeth is without every single thing, you know, both the good and the stuff that I go, well, I wish that that wouldn't have happened. So, um, and, you know, um, having um, having my father die at 57 um, from the impacts of alcoholism, um, and it was something um, that, you know, he had seen in his family, and um, he you know, he, he made the best choices he could. And despite that flaw, he was a very loving father, you know, and my mom is still alive and she's an amazing mom. And so, you know, um, none of us get out of childhood, you know, unscathed. Um, but then, you know, it, it does shape you in some ways. It absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Connie. Oh no, I was just saying it. You know, it absolutely. We are a product of all of our experiences. The the and we, and what we judge, we judge them as good or bad. You know, but all of them really, when we look back, are just our experiences that shape us. And so I love that you just said that. And then one other point that you made that I want to call out that I talk about all the time because I love when people acknowledge this or say this is that the things that allow us to have that have allowed us to survive the coping mechanisms, whether they're mindsets. Or or patterns of behavior that have allowed us to cope, to survive, don't allow us to thrive. And so we have to do the work to shift those in order to be able to move into the thriving versus just staying in the surviving. But um, just great point. So go ahead and finish what you were saying. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, and so um, so I um, got through college. Um, uh, only I'll tell you, I'll tell my debt-free degree story. I, I, 
a little bit later in this, um, got married and, um, you know, we did the best we could to try to stay married. And, um, the, it just was evident that, that going our separate ways was what needed to happen. Um, but then, um, God brought me the most amazing man on the planet. And so I am remarried and Alexander, our son is, is still very close with his dad, but also close with his, he calls him his plus dad. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of things have come full circle um and and for that i am deeply deeply grateful so Mm, that is amazing how long have you been married uh it'll be 11 years oh my gosh wow and so you had your son uh before and then he and then he um just came and blended families are hard but it sounds like you guys have it when you found an amazing one like that that's that's right to do the things that you need to do it just it can be a really sweet story so yes so glad that you guys have have um have worked through everything and and that you're you're so happy now thank you Um, you. yeah well and you know it's so hard we expect so much of ourselves when we're young and we think we are supposed to know and to be able to make a decision like marriage (laughs) at what 20 you know right out of college when it, it, it's it is i i have a the utmost respect for people who who make it through, who make it through that and and do the work and grow together in the ways that you have to that just seems almost impossible the odds are against you in every way um and then for the uh, so many who don't then it's a beautiful thing that you grow into who you are and you you that person comes into your life and you get a new beginning and that's so beautiful too when we can when we can give ourselves the grace to embrace that you know and let ourselves start over right so, right right and alexander's dad and i are still um i mean we still are good friends we can still be in the same room he graduated this past may and we were all together and you know it it, it it's not uncomfortable i mean you know what's most important is you know that all of us love alexander and so that's right Oh, that is so beautiful. I bet he's a great kid or he's not a kid anymore, but you know, young adult. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, well, so what you mentioned your debt-free story. So, um, did you, did you graduate debt-free or what? I did. did Oh my gosh. So discover, um, how did you just like, tell us the story about how you discovered that. So my, uh, my tagline is debt-free degree. I have three degrees, including my PhD, and I only took $1,000 in loans. And I can show you how you can graduate with any degree, also debt-free. So my parents oh my gosh. Uh, had that, gave me that mindset of, you know, you attain education, but you don't go into debt to do it. And I didn't realize at the time what a beautiful gift that was. So um, I um, I talk about my triangle approach, which is uh, your student money, SM, your friends, your family, your folks, that's your FM. And then OPM is other people's money. And so that's my triangle approach on how you can graduate debt-free. So for me, um, in my undergrad, um, my parents said, I will pay, we will pay for 12 quarters. My parents were divorced at the time. So um, we qualified for, my sister and I qualified for Pell Grant. 
So we used Pell Grant. And then what was left over, um, my dad and family members helped some. And then I worked 44 hours a week. So I worked 20 hours a week in the psychology department as a student assistant. And then I worked two 12-hour shifts at a psychiatric hospital um, in Athens, which is where I'm from. And so when students say, well, I can't work full time because, you know, I, I, I just, I simply can't do that. Um, some of that is entirely true. And I understand that. Some of that, however, is a mindset. And 40 hours a week is 22% of your week. And so you've still got 78% left. And um, my GPA was not stellar. It was like a 3.4. But I worked 44 hours a week. I was in a sorority. I had a great time. I've got a lot of friends. I actually um, am a 2022 distinguished alumni honoree of my institution. So I've done something right in all of that. Um, and so anyway, I'm deeply grateful for that. So, um, so. My, as I said, my parents said they would pay for 12 quarters. I needed to do either 13 quarters or I needed to get like 20 hours in one quarter, which you hear me saying quarter. So y'all know how old I am. So I, um, so I went to the financial aid office and I said, you know, are there scholarships or whatever? And they said, Oh, here's a thousand dollar loan that'll cover your summer. And then you can just figure out how to pay that off later, which I said, okay. So it was the first time I'd ever been offered a loan. First time they said, you'll figure out how to pay it off later. They just waved their hand like, this is what we do. And this is what society does. That is what they do. And that is what we do. Yes, it is. It is. And um, the average student loan debt today is $75,000, which is more than my first mortgage. Again, I'm old, but still that bought a house, you know, at one point and now it's 75000 So to get my master's, I did um, a grant, and for every year I was in grad school, then I needed to work two years post-grad school in the field of rehabilitation, which is working with students with disabilities. So my master's program was three years, three times two is six, so I had to work six years with people with disabilities in order to pay that back. So that's a nine-year commitment. So as I tell everybody, my program is very simple but it's not always easy. You do have to make sacrifices. And then my PhD, I absolutely love the institution where I got my PhD from. However, if somebody said, Elizabeth, what is your dream PhD? It would not have been that course of study and it would not have necessarily been that institution. You know, when I think about PhD, I had, you know, certain schools in mind or certain programs of study in mind, but you know what? I worked for the university system 17 states offer this. If you work for the university system, then you can get tuition and fees at any other school in the system for free. So that's how I got my PhD for free. I just paid for my books. So and guess what? I'm Dr. Roz. It doesn't matter that I got it in educational policy studies versus something else. It doesn't matter that I got it from Georgia State, who I love, 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 versus some other school that in my mind had become elite, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So much so that um, my sister also is a graduate. Of, she got a second degree at Georgia State. And then my son that I just talked about, he, um, he graduated as a dual major uh, in May. This, this past, so almost a year ago. So from Georgia State. So we are huge wow. Panther fans. <laughs> you know, and it is, speaking of, it has, that ha, it has really grown. I mean, it is a, it's a huge university now in the athletics and I mean, and, and the academics have gotten so really, really good over the years. And, um, and so, yeah, I've heard a lot of really great things about it. So 
Um, so go Panthers. I agree. I love seeing, I love seeing universities like that just, you know, thrive and, 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 and expand. But, um, so you came out completely with the $1,000, I guess you'd paid it off by the time. I paid that off easy, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gracious. And then how did you know, well, what did you, how did you know that you wanted to do that for a living? And well, I guess you, you didn't, did you go right into that or you were, you were more career coach first? Yes or no? I actually worked in and around higher ed for 30 plus years. So in transition services, in private vocational rehab, in public vocational rehab. And then I, the, the roles that I've had in higher ed at higher ed institutions, um, I taught in the masters of rehab counseling for one, for two institutions. I was uh, disability services at two. I was career services at one, testing at one. And then I taught in college of ed for one and then taught strategies for college success at two. So I just have this vast amount of higher ed experience. And again, if you look at my Vita, if you look at my resume, it's like, well, she didn't have a clue of what she was doing. She just dotted around from here to here to here to here. But guess what? When you're planting those seeds and you water them and sometimes it's tears, then, you know, you're thriving, right? And there was a time where um, there was a job that I really, really wanted and I was qualified for it based on my master's, but it didn't, and it it offered a, a higher salary. It offered a, a staff, like I would have actually had a staff. It had a suite of offices. I mean, it was just a great, great opportunity, but it didn't fulfill the grant. And so I couldn't apply for it because, you know, because I had said, you know, and so, again, there are always sacrifices. There are always choices. But doing it all over, I would have done everything. The only thing I would do differently is not have taken that first one. That's it. But everything else I would have done. Wow. Did you at the time, what was um, how did you know? Well, let me back up. When you say I was it looks like I was dotting around from, you know, just moving around, you know and didn't know what I was doing. Um, How did you, what was driving you? What was fueling you at that time? What, what was so important to you that you were looking for? Um, Like what mattered most? I love that. that What mattered most? Because to a lot of people, what matters most is the five-year plan. And I've not always been really great. In fact, it was not until I became an entrepreneur that I really could map out a five-year plan. But prior to that, working for somebody else, you don't always know. You don't, you just can't always, you can't always predict how things are going to happen. And, you know, opportunities would come up. Um, I, I never took a, a, a new position where I didn't think I was making some sort of advancement, but I didn't always know necessarily how it was going to turn out. And so um, the thread, though, was students with disabilities until um, I left full time and then went to teach part time in College of Ed. And that came about because I was in my Ph.D., and had already accrued enough, you know, Ph.D. hours that I was, you know, qualified. The ironic thing about that, Connie, is um, teaching in College of Ed. I was an adjunct professor, so part-time. I was the only adjunct to have ever received Teacher of the Year 
And so I was like, okay, maybe, maybe God is moving me from being a disability services to a professor because I loved it. I love teaching. I love college students. And um, so anyway, I thought, well, maybe this is where I'm moving. Well, in order to become a full-time professor, I had to have K-12 experience. And in order to get K-12 experience, I would have to go do a post-bac and then actually do student teaching in a K-12 school, then get a job in a K-12 school for three to five years to then be qualified to be a professor to earn teacher of the year that I did as an adjunct. <laughs> That's crazy. So, oh you, know, you just don't always know how it's yeah. going to work out. You just That's don't. right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't we, know that I answered your question. You did, well, you did. And but what what I hear is that you were following you were following a combination of your values and and you were also following a, a following your gifts. You were following that there was a passion in there even though you knew that you ha- it had to be disabilities in order to have the loans forgiven. You still knew that like you understood what your gifting was and you knew that it was that it was in education, that it was teaching, that it was teaching, training um, and and uh, probably coaching even at, at the time, you know, and you were just doing you were um, you were doing what you were naturally great at. And that's what I am so, you know, so passionate about, like really encouraging people to do is to really you know, listen to your heart and to, to understand not only those values and what, what is most important to you, but really pay attention to what comes so easy for you. What do you just, what lights you up on the inside, you know? And so it sounds like that's always kind of been, that's, that's what's been, been it for you. And you have this, you have this way of connecting with people and, and motivating and, and helping them learn and develop and grow. Um, that is just, and that's your gift. It sounds like that's amazing. You know, students can come to me and they can, they can just plop down like all this stuff. Like I have this, 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 and I'm like, oh, but let's pick up this thread and let's do this. Let's think about this. Let's, you know, um, uh, one, I, I helped one of my friends. Um, he, he had actually accrued $80,000 in debt, um, in college student loan debt and a tw- 200 credit hours, which, you know, if you know about college, most undergrads require 120 and he'd already accrued 200. He didn't have a bachelor's degree. He had $80,000 in debt and he wanted to be a professor of foreign language with a PhD. And he was just devastated. And, um, his grandmother and I are friends and we happened to be talking one day and I, I knew, um, him and so anyway, I said, Henry, you can do this. He was like, no, 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 no. Just, just so like, just wearing, wearing, you know, wearing the weight of the world. And I said, this is what we're going to do. So we printed out his transcript. We pr- I printed out several programs of study. And I just took how you, you know, you take the transcript and then you put it over there. We met with the registrar and I said, look, you know, I think he's on path to, for, to graduate with this or this. Which one can y'all make happen quicker? And she said, well, this one requires four more classes, which was two semesters. So he did FM and went to a family member and said, hey, I only need two more semesters to get my undergrad. Will you please pay for it? And this family member said, yes, I will. These two semesters, that's all, you know, one asking for the world. Then I helped him get a job as a janitor. And the grandmother was giving me the side eye. Let me tell you, she was none too pleased with me that her grandson was going to be a janitor. And I said, do you understand 
that working for an in-state institution means that he gets tuition and fees at any in-state institution for free. I can't do anything about this 80 grand that he's got to pay off, but I can assure you that he can get his master's and his PhD at no additional cost. And Henry is a bright boy. Henry understands that when you're a janitor, you need to be on the clock for eight and a half hours. So you get a 30 minute lunch break. What do you do during that for 30 minutes? Well, you can listen to a podcast. And if so, I hope he's listening to the Warrior Arise podcast. But <laughs> He can also be studying, right? He might get done cleaning his buildings in six and a half hours, but he needs to be on the clock on call. What are you going to do with that extra hour and a half? Then he's also earning retirement. He's earning, you know, sick leave. He's earning vacation time. He's earning health insurance. He didn't have health insurance. He didn't have dental insurance, all of those things. And of course, retirement for higher ed, it's not based on your first two years. It's based on your last two years or your highest two years, which is normally for a lot of people, the last two years. So for Henry, it's not where he started. It's where is he going to end up? And that's the same for Connie. It's the same for Elizabeth. I mean, you know, we all have those humble beginnings, but, but where, where is our trajectory taking us? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Well, so how, how did you, um, how did you discover like, when when you begin, I guess so. You are, do you still do some um, some college career and expert coaching career path um, coaching, or um, do you just mainly? Is it mainly at this point just doing your um, the the tra- the trainings at with the King Center and your program? So. Um- <laughs> Okay, so today, this is where we're going to go into uh, surviving entrepreneurship to thriving entrepreneur. There okay. you go. There, we so, have to do what we have to do. There we you have go. to do, right? And Until so, we can do um, what we want to do. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, as I said, I, I took early retirement from higher ed, but I have been in and around higher ed for 30 plus years. I love college students. I'm really great with college students. Um, I think that I develop an easy rapport with them. And so um, I just thought it was going to be a super easy transition to take all this information and knowledge. And instead of working for somebody, because I had been somebody's employee for 30 years, then I'll just open up my own business and it'll be fine. Huh? Well, um, it didn't exactly work that way. So I opened up my business and I thought, now, now what do I need to offer? Because um, it really needs to look like, you know, some sort of, you know, menu, right? Like you can't just offer just the one thing. So, um, and being the kind of person that I am and being the personality that I am, I had developed seven courses and each one had like two different coaching programs because this I was like that you know then I can just serve all the college students for all the things since you know and I had developed um, a grit program for college students so it's basically like college uh, strategies for college success but I was seeing so much disconnect between parents and students so I developed a companion parent course for grit. And it was like on two different tracks. So I had all this, but this thread of debt-free degree was in all of it. And that was what got the most traction. And so when, so I, I started in like January of 2019. In October of 2019, I attended my very first, and I don't know if I can say the the networking organization. Are you good with that if I do, Connie? So in 
October of 2019, I attended my first ever eWomen event. It was an SBI, which is Strategic Business Introduction. And I went with a friend of mine that I had met at another networking thing. So I had done some of the networking because I was like, how am I going to get the word out? Well, somebody told me to network. So I started networking. Well, you know, there's some organizations that's a little bit like low-hanging fruit. And, um, you know, sometimes you get what you pay for. And if it's free, then, you know, might not generate the leads that you need or whatever. So anyway, went to one, went to, went to another one, went to a different thing, went to a different thing. And then, and, and all of this, and I have a faith tradition. And there was one particular one where God said, this is where I want you to go. And I was like, I don't want to drive there. It was like 45 minutes. It was driving from I'm north of Atlanta, so it was driving into the city to be there at like 8.15 a.m. You know, I, I, it was just all these different things. And the, and it was God was very clear, this is where I want you to go. So I went to that thing, and at that thing, I met this person who then brought me to my first e-women event in October. So I attended that, and um, Amy Matthews is the managing director for Atlanta, and she and said- that's actually how you and I met. Yep. It is. It is. Yep. It is. Love it. So- I said, um, so she said, uh, okay, Elizabeth, I love what you're talking about, but do you think you could do it online? And I was like, oh, no, 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 I am such a people person. I need to be seeing them. There's just absolutely no way I could do it online. But of course, Amy planted the seed. Meanwhile, through another set of circumstances, I had been teaching previously, uh, conversational English to Korean students. And then I began working for a Korean tutoring center. So I had these students that were, some of them were here in the U.S., but some had gone back to Korea and they wanted to know how they could get a debt-free degree here in the United States. So then I was like, well, I have kind of been working with them. And so then in networking on LinkedIn, this person sent me a Zoom link. Well, I just think it's like a, a website. And so it's not until I'm actually going to meet with this person and it says you have to download the app. I was like, download what? What? So anyway, I very quickly downloaded this thing called Zoom that I'd never heard of before. And so Zoom plus coupled with Amy, I was like, well, I bet from time to time I could do some stuff online. Again, October of 2019. Y'all, what were y'all doing in March of 2020? I think every one of us did what we had to do. And everything with Dr. Ross pivoted online. Also in that transition and a lot of those things, um, the other seven, uh, other six courses and um, accompanying coaching programs just needed to be laid down for a little bit. Now, I don't like to give up and I don't like to say never, but at this point, it is debt-free degree. Um, and actually, at this point, my coaching program is, uh, it it's so full. So I've developed the Patreon. Um, and also, my role at the King Center has gotten so much larger. That, yes, which I um, want to talk about just, that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not able to do the one-on-one coaching that, that I was able to do. But the Patreon allows me to reach students, families, and educators, you know, again, on a global scale. So, yes. Uh, wow. And there's so much need for that, you know, and I don't, I mean, I, I know that there are some other people that do that, but you don't hear a lot about that. I mean, you know, the, like you said, it's just the common thing that, well, you just get loans and you figure, you figure out how to pay it back and you wave your hand in the air. And you don't worry about it until six years later. And then you're like, what in the world did I do? You know, what was I thinking? 
Right. And I asked, I asked people. And so again, you know, if you don't want to answer this, Connie, I mean, this is your podcast. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but do you have student loan debt? Yeah, well, I don't now, but I did coming out of school. Oh my gosh, I like a, a lot, way over. I'll say way over seventy five thousand. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I have two. Um, I had, I had, um, well, and and here was a little tiny, tiny bit of my story. I t- tell it in my book, but little bit of my story was that I um, I started at Furman University, and so I had a college scholarship, went there, but had an eating disorder and um, lost my scholarship because I had to go to treatment. And um, then when I came, when I finished treatment, you know, my parents had to borrow money that it was like buying, it was, an, it was like paying for an, a second mortgage um, to send me to treatment, to that kind of residential treatment that I needed at the time. Um, for long term. Well, so then when I came back and wanted to go back to Furman, you know, it was like, well, what are we going to do? Well, I went back for a little bit, took out loans and then realized, okay, this is just way too much and went to, and then transferred to Georgia. Well, when I transferred to Georgia, and I'm sure a lot of people have stories like this. When I transferred to Georgia, I was, I lost 82 credits because it went from liberal arts to, um, you know, to Georgia's, um, what, I don't even know what, a liberal arts school to a whatever, a normal, you know, regular school. And um, and so I, um, I had to redo those 82 credits. And that was just, so it took me, you know, what, five and a half, almost six years to get my undergrad. And then I went right into my master's and borrowed money for that. And then did a second master's degree and borrowed money for that. And so, I mean, you know, and I didn't know any better. I mean, it's just what it's all, it's all I knew to do. Right, right. But imagine, imagine if you, so you, you did have the average a little bit above average. Oh, above, yeah. Dollars yeah. And student loan debt. Imagine what you could have done with that $75,000. I'm sitting here thinking that I, as you're talking about it. Yes. No kidding. And you know, you, you even said, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you're exactly right. You know, you even said it's, I, I would have loved to have sacrificed a little bit more then and sacrifice what I had to sacrifice after the fact when I came out of school and had $600, $700 a month in student loans. Right. Because right. that was the reality. Right. right. Exactly. For for years. I mean, I'm not asking you to disclose your, but I mean, you, for those of you listening, six or $700 a month for years that you're going, that that's where that's going. And, you know, I talk about, the reason why I believe that debt-free degree is a form of nonviolence is because I talk about the trajectory. What does it look like when you come out with a degree that you you don't have to owe any money to? And, and that mindset, and what does that mindset set you up for for the next thing that you're like, I'm going to sacrifice on this front end to make sure that that happens in this way? Is it perfect? No, absolutely not. There are so many things out there that don't work out the way that we want to. But I can show you how to graduate with any degree making sure that you 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 do that debt free. Now, I I recently had somebody reach out and they said I want to go to this it was a tiny little obscure school and it was about $80,000 for masters and she said how can I do this? And so I was like, well, you know, let's look at scholarships whatever, you know, the school didn't offer anything this that and the other. And she was like, but I want that degree program at that school. Again, remember I talked about my PhD I didn't go to the school that I wanted for the program that I wanted. I went where the PhD was free. And so, and I'm still Dr. Roz. So, you know, and so, um, 
And that I, I would have done it that I, if I had, you know, if I could have done it so differently, and there's so many things I could have done differently with that. And, and I would have, you know, if I had, if I had known, you know, and, and, you know, shame on me for not being more resourceful. Um, but, you know, no, 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 I, no, I, I respectfully, I know this is your podcast. I know this yeah. is your podcast. Yeah, you're but fine. I want you to rewind that, Connie, because. You're speaking that out over yourself. That's true. And yeah. it is not shame on you. It is not. But I do say, if you find value in this, tell 10 people. Encourage your people around you. Encourage your nieces and nephews that are in fifth, sixth, seventh grade. You're going to graduate debt-free. And, you know, even if you don't work with Dr. Raj, you make sure that you do it. Because there's $30 billion, with a B, $30 billion of scholarships out there. And there's not $30 billion of money that you don't have to pay back for houses or cars or anything else. That's but exactly it is for right. education. Yes. And so it's not shame on you, but when you know better, you do better. That's exactly right. Yes. I mean, and not you lovingly. Know, oh, no, I appreciate that. No. And I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't have that. I mean, I'm through it now. So thank goodness, you know, and I am, and I just realize now just how, and I, I'm big advocate of of the financial freedom because when we have financial freedom we can truly be who we were created to be because we have less limitations and so you know and that was one of the big struggles for me along the way was getting to the point where I could be financially free and um you know and and we are in prison until we are financially free and so I don't, don't get me on my soapbox. It's, it, you know, I, I, but I am a huge, huge advocate of this because that is the, you talk about being empowered as soon as you get out of school, feeling empowered to, and free to be able to create for yourself without having, you know, baggage. It's, it's amazing. So yes, yes. I, I, well, totally you know, agree. I, I talked about the entrepreneur journey and coming out of higher ed. Um, loving education, loving educators. Um, I thought my ideal power partners, the people who had access to the people that I wanted to help were educators. And so I was doing all this marketing and reaching out to educators and whatever. Do you know what? Educators say, take the loan and figure it out later. You know who are my power partners? Financial planners, CPAs, attorneys, folks who understand what financially independent is. There's this, this, this new movement. You're probably a part of it too. FIRE, financially independent, retire early. Those are my people. That's where I'm getting all this traction because, um, educators are, they're, they're, they're worn out. But also, you know, we talk about, um, AI and algorithms, but sometimes there are algorithms in our environment, you know, and if you are in a, in a family dynamic that, you know, that things don't like, there's not a lot of outside influence um, and then everybody, you know, it just can be sort of insulated. And if you're in a building, say, you know, a, a, a high school and there's, you know, a hundred teachers and 98% of them have student loans. Well, you don't see any different. And the other thing, particularly with educators, um, so I was talking to somebody. My parents were both educators. That tells you right there. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know. You know, we didn't know any different. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, I was talking to an educator. This was about a year ago. And she was crying. She's not the only one that's done this, but she was crying because she said, I'll never own my own home. She's a, a, a teacher. 
and and has over $100,000 in loans and has been paying on them for about eight years. And and it's only grown. The balance has only grown. Oh, and of course, you can't declare bankruptcy on those. You can't, you know, and and yet her employer said, if you go get this forty thousand dollar master's, then you're going to get a raise. You know, and the other day, uh, this was, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I was talking to this other lady and she wanted to be an attorney and she'd already accrued 40 grand in for her undergrad. She was only halfway through. And I said, if you use my program and you don't, you don't accrue another dime in debt at this for-profit institution that you're going online, how many years as an attorney is it going to take you to pay off $40,000? And she was, uh, she was, you know, in her forties and she, we were on zoom and she just blinked at me and she was like, I, I don't, I don't know. I never thought about it. Well, that's return on investment. So let's, let's think about that sister. I mean, you're 40 something years old and you think you're going to do two more years of undergrad and accrue 80 grand plus then go to law school. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's, it, you, you end up in a cycle that you're just trying to undo what you're, you're, you're undoing what you're creating as you go along and it, 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 there's no return. You're exactly right. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, so, um, and, and I want to, before we, before I ask you a couple, a, a couple more questions about that, I do want to, I want to hear more about your, um, Dr., um, at the, Dr. King Center, at the King Center, not Dr. King Center, the King Center. Um, I want to hear about how you got involved there and what's your work? What are you doing there now? And, you know, how are you impacting people in that from the nonviolence, um, side of things? Once again, I, I did something that God asked me to do that God led me to do, and I had no idea of what was going to happen. So I, um, isn't that always I, the case? It is. Mm. I mean, it's just beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. So, um, I graduated high school in the late eighties and, um, my high school was fully integrated. It was 50% white, 50% black. And I was told implicitly and explicitly that we were in a post-racial society. That, um, that there was no more segregation. There was no more racism. You know, look around. Everything's integrated. We're all good. And I was like, okay. And, you know, I don't, I don't know anybody that's, you know, being overtly racist or, you know, at the time. Um, and so it wasn't until my PhD in 2005, I read Race Matters by Cornell West. And I began thinking about, Yes, my high school was integrated, but how many black students were in my my college prep classes versus how many were, you know, in, you know, the whatever the the needs help classes or whatever or um or all these different opportunities um and so it really it really started me on a journey. So I did a lot of reading, did a lot of following groups this that, and the other. Probably January of 2018, I started following the King Center on Twitter. So here I lived at that point. Um, yeah, I, I was living in North Atlanta, did not even know that the King Center existed, had no idea that it existed. And so um, I saw this tweet and it said, uh, we're going to be teaching about Dr. Martin Luther King's philosophy and methodology of nonviolence, two-day orientation, you know, here's, here's the link, come sign up. So I signed up. I was so eager. I was so excited just to, just to learn more about oh, it. sounds things. fascinating. I would and, love it. Um, yeah. It, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So I attended that in April of 2018. In August of 2018, so something, 
something that I asked at that 28, at that, the April one got on somebody's radar. I still don't, and like nobody can remember exactly the question I asked, but it was some question that I asked. And so in April of 20, I mean, in August of 2018, Dr. Bernice King, our CEO, and also Martin Luther King and Coretta Scott King's youngest daughter, she emailed and she said, hey, I'm being asked to teach my father's philosophy all over the world. We're assembling a training team. Would you like to be a part? It requires, you know, every Tuesday night and one weekend a month from September till February. And I was like, well, who says no to Dr. Bernice King? Right. Now, at this time, I was working for an institution in Gainesville, Georgia. So I was driving from north of Atlanta. I was driving 30 minutes north to Gainesville, working my full day, driving from Gainesville, Georgia, downtown to the King Center, was there from 6 p.m. till 9 p.m. every Tuesday night, driving back to Swanee, and then one week in a month. That's how much it was worth it to me. So got my certification in February of 2019. And as I said, it is not hyperbole to say that Dr. King's philosophy and methodology of nonviolence has impacted every single, every single aspect of my life. Because number one, it is absolutely aligned with my faith tradition, but it gives it some some framework and parameters. So Dr. King has six principles, and then he has six steps to resolving conflict. And so those six principles are the principles that I live by. And also, it gave me language and a framework when I would encounter um, situations where someone was expecting me to act a certain way. So oftentimes, you know, you can be in pockets where somebody will say, well, if you have this letter behind your name as a politician, then I'll vote for you. Or, uh, or I only vote for this letter. Or, um, I think this and not this. Or I think this. And there's all this divisiveness, you know, and Dr. King's philosophy is we, nonviolence seeks to defeat, to defeat injustice, not people. And so right now you've got folks squabbling. Well, I don't like that they, you know, like if, you know, if you, if you watch a football game, particularly if you watch, you know, like a, a championship game. Well, I don't like who performed at halftime. Well, I love who performed at halftime. And so then, then people can, you know, they can argue about that. But, but in just, if you're seeking to defeat injustice, it's okay. Well, what does that, what's under, what's the root of that? You know, and so, um, so anyway, um, I, I became a certified trainer, was so eager to teach any single, any time that I could. Um, and then in June of 21, so, um, um, a little close to a year ago, I became the content learning project manager. So again, all this stuff that I'd done, you know, up through PhD, all this stuff that I'd done with higher ed, the teaching, the making connections, building rapport. And we just launched a digital version of what I attended that very first April that is literally going out all over the world. I mean, we, I, um, I am, you know, talking to corporations, talking to institutions. It, it just is astounding. And none of this is something that I said, oh, that's on my five-year plan. Yeah, we're going to do that. No, that wasn't on there. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. But you just followed. You, but what I see in so many times is you just kept following your intuition. You just kept following your heart about things. Okay, this is where, and, and you followed what mattered most to you. 
in the times um all through the years and those those dots connected themselves and they opened to opportunities and all of those you know your 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 passions your gifts your strengths your experiences create the essence of who you are and then opportunities that that align with your essence um and and you know find you and that's such a beautiful thing and you know but we don't um we often we are trained we're programmed not to listen to ourselves not to listen to our heart not to trust those intuitive um you know um into those moments of intuition and um and so we shut that all down and then we end up in places where you know we feel stuck and and we're struggling striving surviving instead of thriving and it's just beautiful to watch you thrive and 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 the the and not only you thrive, but you're helping others thrive. And that's the it's it's a product of one's a product of the other. When we thrive, we can't help but help others thrive because it just is it's contagious. So incredible. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So and I know we got we we could talk and I wanna you've got so much to share. You've got so much wisdom and experience, it's just unbelievable. Um but what are the um and, and I want to ask you so many things, but I know we've got to close. Um, what are the, for that person out there right now, do you have any, um, you've said so many, you've offered so much wisdom today, but do you have any other wisdom or encouragement for that person out there who is in a place of struggling, striving and surviving where they're thinking maybe they've got this limited mindset that's like, well, that could never happen for me or where I'm headed is not you know, I'm not going anywhere. I don't know where this, this isn't all coming together yet. And it doesn't seem like there's any hope. Um, or, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, maybe they haven't made the best decisions and they're, you know, things are not looking up and, and they don't, they, they're not like they, they think they should be at this point. What do you want to say to those people to encourage them and help them along so that they can move from the struggle, striving and surviving into thriving? Again, it, it really, for me, it goes back to my faith tradition. And um, when I, uh, when I, by the time I graduated, so, so I did, I told y'all that, um, that I got my PhD for free. I didn't tell y'all that it took me nine years because uh, I failed my comps the first time. And I thought that God was saying, okay, well, you've reached your academic plateau and you're just not smart enough. But as I tell my students, sometimes it's a stop sign and sometimes it's a speed bump. And I misinterpreted the speed bump to be the stop sign. And it needed to be a stop sign for a period of time. So it was during the time where I was going through my divorce. And um, I, I, I mean, literally within, I don't know, a year, I, I was divorced. I had lost my car. Um, our house went into, um, foreclosure. And then they, then they, one arm of the mortgage company said they would rent it back to us and they didn't talk to the other arm. So we were evicted like the sheriff showed up at our door. You know, all of these things happened loss after loss after loss. And so in the midst of that was the PhD. And I was like, I just can't handle it. So then there was that struggle. And then I ended up, um, married to Mike. And then got back on track with the PhD and I graduated in uh, 2014 and I had applied for over a hundred positions, did not even get one interview. 
not even one interview. So for a whole year, I was like, okay, God, why did I just do all this if I can't get a job? And because I didn't have the K-12 experience that I couldn't get, the, you know, and all of this mismatch. And I was like, what, what are you doing? And so that's my, that's, that's the only thing I can tell you is do the next best right thing because you don't know where it's going to lead. And when I just said, okay, if I'm not going to be a professor of education, then what else am I going to be? Like, I have no idea. And today I'm an entrepreneur, um, a project manager for the King Center. I have zero plans to ever retire. There are people that I work with at the King Center that are in their 80s and they absolutely love. I mean, nonviolence is life giving. You know, college students, working with college students, that's life giving. I really don't think oh goodness, when can I quit this job so that I can retire? And none of that would have happened if I had not just, you know, walked it out. I also talk to my students oftentimes about saying no to the good so you can say yes to the best. To the best. That's it. Yes. And honey, for a whole year, I was willing to say yes to almost anything, you know, and God just, just those opportunities just didn't, I couldn't even, I couldn't even get an interview. Wow. That is amazing. What a story. Gracious. And you are an amazing woman. Absolutely amazing. And now I, and I see even more just how impactful it, that God uses your struggles. He uses our own struggles to, um, to keep us in a place, not where we're close to our pain, but when we've been through struggle, we can access that pain. We know the struggle. We know the, 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 the heart, you know, the, um, how hard it is to walk through that. And then we can help others walk through that. We have the compassion, we have the compassion to walk through that with and the empathy to walk through that with others. And it's so, such a beautiful process and such rewarding the one work. place where I don't have it, thankfully, is I, I did not graduate with debt. And so, you know, so that's where it's a little counterintuitive, but because I have this trajectory of these three degrees, I mean, that in and of itself is very unusual. And again, I credit my parents for saying, oh, this, this is just not what we do. We just don't go into debt for, for, for education. So, okay. So, um, and that was, and that's a smart, smart way to be. So you were, you were very blessed with that. And now, and now you get to bless others and, and you and it is, um, you know, there. You're right. There are all kinds of resources available. We just have, to, and that's a. It's a limited mindset when we believe that there's not. You know that when, when we're stuck, so we're we're limiting ourselves. Well, we have to go for today, but thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing your struggles, sharing your victories and, um, and all the wisdom that you have. How can people find you? We're going to, we'll definitely put the, um, all of your information in the show notes. Also for, um, so I've, I've just launched my Patreon, which is a membership. Yes. I want you to talk um, about that. All of my teaching videos are over there. There's three different levels of membership for anybody that's listening to this podcast and decides to sign up. If you will, you you can um, once you're a Patreon, once you're a patron, once you're a member of Patreon, then if you whatever tier that you sign up for, then send me an email and I will refund you back half if you put in Warrior Arise. So that will be your code. So um, so that way you're not. It's not like I'm saying you have to sign up on a certain tier. So whichever one it is, um, any of the three, then then I'll uh, refund your money back. That is amazing. And yes, we will put it's Patreon and we'll put that in the um, in the show notes. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com 
forward slash debt free degree if you want to go to her website. And um, and yes, so make sure you get that. And it's very, very affordable, too. So um, and there's no, no greater value than coming out of school debt free. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I have educators that are, you know, using it to to play to their classroom. I'm OK with that. I mean, you know, I can't. You know, it's a little bit like Netflix, you know, it's like people join and then you don't know how many people are whatever, but, but it's that mindset. I mean, there's 7.8 billion people on the planet. That's how many nonviolence practitioners I want to see on the planet. So that's my goal. Um, obviously there's not that many college students, but there's a lot of college students out there. And so if I can get this message of, of figure out how you can get out without student loans, then that's, that's my message. And it's so, so important. So thank you so much for being with us today. And um, and um, we um, and you guys go to patreon.com and check out how to get that debt free degree and um, and and more about um, Dr. Rosner in the uh, in the show notes. So you can you can um, have those resources. So um, thanks for joining us today. I hope that you were inspired and encouraged in, in this um, in, in some way. Um, whether you're, you know, um, your life doesn't look like it's supposed to, you think it's supposed to, or it should right now. And, um, and you're frustrated with that, or you're moving into a new season and you just needed a little bit of encouragement or whatever you are going through. I hope that you hear that you are a powerful divine warrior and that you are not made to struggle, strive and survive, and that you are made to thrive and you have everything within you to to um, be who God created you to be. And so um, thanks for joining us today. And if this inspired you, share it with friends and we will see you next time on the Warrior Arise podcast. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining me today on the Warrior Arise podcast. I hope you were inspired and empowered to live and lead bravely, freely, and authentically you. I look forward to our next episode together and I invite you to subscribe to be notified of new episodes as they are released. If this podcast impacted you, share it with a friend or a loved one. Also, please write a review on iTunes.